So I'm excited to preach this text this morning, to get into and study the Word of God with you this morning. First of all, these, this passage is deeply theological. Uh, the more I studied it this week, the more I was astounded by what God, uh, by what Jesus says here, the scriptures that he quoted. But also, it's, this passage is immensely practical for us, too. It gives us a way uh, to faithfully work through temptation, because we all face temptations. I was thinking about this week is, I mean, has anybody here ever been tempted? No? Anybody ever had trouble with that? Um, maybe tempted to join the crowd or go along with your friends when they make fun of your faith or crack some joke about us being Christians? Anybody ever been tempted to prove people wrong when they question your capability? When they question if you're able to do something? Or what about this one? Anybody here ever been tempted to just do what you know needs to be done or what you think would be good without ever asking God? Anybody ever been tempted with that? What about this one? Tempted to ignore our faith to get ahead. Maybe it's with friends or with school or at a job. How do we get through these temptations? These temptations that we face as disciples of Jesus. What do we do when we are faced with hard temptations? Things that are really tempting. That's why I love the word of God. Not only does it give us Amazing stories about Jesus tell us who he is and reveal to us how God is in him and at work through him, but also it helps us in life too, stories that teach us how to live. Let me show you what I mean. So the first one here, the first thing that Satan tempts Jesus with, he says, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live by bread alone. Now, Remember, Jesus is in the desert. We saw a picture here of what he looked like. He's been in the desert for 40 days without food or water. Fasting, drawing closer to God, preparing for ministry. He is hungry. But it's interesting here, I noticed it this week, that actually the first thing that the devil attacks actually isn't Jesus' hunger, though he plays on that. But the first thing he questions is his identity. You notice that the first thing he says is, if you are the Son of God. Now it's interesting because so far in Luke's gospel, for the first three chapters of Luke, Luke has been constantly telling us and showing us that Jesus really is the Son of God and everything that comes with that. If you remember uh, just last week when we were preaching about the, or talking about the um, family line of Jesus, about the genealogy, at the end of it, it comes to Jesus, the son of Adam, the son of God. Luke keeps making this point. But also, too, Luke wants us to understand or to correct our misunderstandings about what it means to be the son of God. That it means that not so much that because you're son of God, that means you're powerful and you get to do whatever you want, but rather because you're the son of God, you're going to be faithful that's what he's trying to show us in Jesus, that being son of God does not mean power to do whatever, but it means faithfulness to carry out God's plan. I also want to talk with you about confirming your identity. Whether you've been following Jesus for decades or if you're only nine years old, you have this identity in Jesus, this identity in Christ, that you are children of God that you are followers of Jesus. 
And to not let anybody put that in doubt for you. To not let anybody question that for you. That you can rest in that. That you can be confident in that. Okay, so Satan starts with identity, but he doesn't stop there. He also is probably pulling some at Jesus' pride. He says, if you are the Son of God, if you really are this powerful, then show me. I almost wonder if he has this edge to it. You know, I bet you can't actually do this, Jesus. Has anybody here ever fallen for that one? Tempted to do something because someone questions our ability, our competency. You know, if you're really able to do this, show me. This is a hard one to resist, this temptation when people bait us, when they bait our pride, especially for us guys. When someone says, you know, if you're really as strong or as capable as you think you are, then show me. That's a hard temptation to resist. The trouble is, it rarely works out. When they're baiting us into that one, it hardly ever works out for us. So that's two parts of this temptation here, but look at this. There's this also this subtle part here of self-reliance. Now, this is probably one for those of you who've been following Jesus for a while or those of you who are a bit older. I recognize this one in myself, this temptation to rely on myself. Remember, Jesus is really hungry here. And Satan says, turn stones into bread, something to eat. But he's also powerful. He's the Son of God. He really is the Son of God and could turn stones into bread. Actually, if you think about other stories in the gospel, Jesus actually turned two loaves of bread and turned it into enough food for 5,000 people. So Jesus knows how to make bread, right? So not only is he tempting Jesus uh, at his, if he's, whether he's a really the Son of God, but also at his temptation for self-reliance, to use his power to take care of himself. A lot of us, especially as we get older, we have to resist this temptation to just do it on our own, to do it on our own strength, to think, you know, I know what needs to be done here, I'm just going to do it. Or, I know maybe God would rather I wait, but I don't want to wait anymore, I'm just going to buy it, or I'm just going to fix it, or I'm just going to go and make it work. This is a temptation that we face. So, but in Jesus, this first temptation fails. Uh, And so the devil tries again. This time he says, the devil led him to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority, so authority over all of them, and their splendor, for it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Here the temptation is greed and ambition. In some ways it's two sides of the same coin. This ungodly desire for more and more. Now we get the idea of greed, right? Even you don't have to be too old to understand greed, that desire for more and more stuff, more and more money, it's never enough. It's tempting to always want more. But also about this idolatrous ambition too. Because not all desire for more is about more money and stuff. Sometimes it's about more power. And so Satan here is also possibly tempting Jesus with ambition. 
I want to be careful here because ambition isn't necessarily bad in and of itself. Actually, I think some people would do better with a little bit more ambition. <laughs> but it's talking about ambition uh, sometimes because ambition can be good if it causes us to work hard, to, to be successful. Um, it can be really great when you, com- when you combine ambition with God's kingdom, a desire to, an ambition to see God's kingdom grow or to see more people come to faith. Ambition there can be good. What I'm talking about, and I think what Satan is tempting, actually we see what Satan is tempting Jesus with here, is ambition that goes above God. When ambition becomes an, an idol. When the desire to accomplish things becomes your God. Not that you would ever say that. I mean, we all know we would never say that. But sometimes it begins to work out practically. When we set aside our devotion to God or our time with Jesus because we want to accomplish more. We want to get more done. We want to become more powerful. Jesus models this faithfulness for us, though. He stays obedient to God. The ironic thing here is Jesus actually does great things, not by being ambitious, but by being faithful. That's kind of the point of this whole temptation, all three of these temptations, is that Jesus does great things. He accomplishes great stuff by being faithful. So the devil takes one more try. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, questioning his identity again, if you are the Son of God, he says, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left them until an opportune time. The temptation here, understandably, it's a bit more subtle. Maybe for those of us who've been following Jesus for a while. Notice the questioning here, the devil's not actually tempting, or, or sorry, he's not actually questioning Jesus. He is tempting him, but not questioning Jesus. The question here isn't about Jesus. The question here is about God, our Father in heaven. He's tempting Jesus to show that God is real, that God is behind him, but ironically trying to get Jesus to do it sinfully. And that's, I think, a temptation for those of us who, who are really desiring to follow God. You know, the first two temptations that the, Satan, that, that the devil tempts Jesus with are more about him. They're the sort of things that you know, like, oh, that's wrong, I shouldn't do that. But this one, he actually tempts Jesus more at his faithfulness. And what I mean by that is he's saying, if God is really there, if God is really real, then jump from here and prove it to me so that God comes and rescues you. And Jesus realizes, he sees that this is a temptation to test God. It's an ironic thing, right? When we are tempted to test God to prove to others that God exists. Jesus doesn't fall for it. We don't need to prove God to other people. We need to tell people about God's uh, faithfulness, about God's work in our lives, absolutely. But it's not up to us to prove God to other people. That's the Holy Spirit who reveals God to them. So there's a few things here, three things that I want us to kind of learn from this passage. First one is Jesus is faithful. That's one of the main parts of why Luke is even telling us this story is because Jesus is faithful. 
tempted with something simple. I mean, no one would have even known if he had turned some, a few rocks into some bread. Nobody would have even known. And yet he remains faithful to God. And uh, Jesus, when he's tempted with all the, the kingdoms of the world, he remains faithful to God. Jesus is faithful. We can trust him. He really is the Son of God. Not because he proved it some way, falling for the devil's temptations, but because he was faithful. That proves that he's the Son of God. Not only is Jesus faithful, Jesus gives us a model. So when we face temptations too, we can know that one, Jesus is faithful, and we can also approach it the way Jesus did. Anybody younger, anybody under 15 who knows well, how did Jesus respond to the temptations? What did he say? Any, do you guys notice any of that? If you want to look in your bulletin in your sermon guide, the passage is there. Caleb. Ah, very smart. Yes. Yeah, Jesus responded with the Bible. So we can see Jesus as our model. One of the best ways for us to endure temptation is to know the truth to know the truth about who God is and who we are as his children, as the followers of Jesus. And one of the best ways to do that is to read scripture, to read the Bible. That's how we learn about God, who he is. And that's when we, when we are tempted and things come and like, oh man, I, I really think I want to do that, but I know this is true about God. For example, in my own case, I know that I really want to make this situation work. I'm going to work really hard and make it work. But I know that God is faithful and I can trust him. And so I will pray and I will watch for, and wait for God's direction before I just go do it. That's how we can know truth about God. So one, the main way is that we learn by reading scripture, but also, for, especially for those of you who are under 20, a great way to learn about God is from your church family because we care about you. And we have experiences with God. We have made mistakes in our own lives that we have learned from that we can share with you to tell you the truth about who Jesus is and about who you are as one of his followers. So know the truth, but also hold fast to it. Because one thing, I mean, Jesus could have quoted scripture and then turned the rocks into bread. But he didn't. He held fast to the truth when he was tempted. So know the truth, read God's word, and hold on to it. And there's this third part here. Jesus got us the Holy Spirit. I want you to know this. At the very beginning of the passage, as you look at maybe in your sermon guide or in scripture, it says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus out into the desert. The Holy Spirit was with him, helping him helping him endure the temptations that he faced. And this is the amazing part. This is the part that I want you guys to know is that Jesus, by his faithfulness, both here in the desert, but especially on the cross, he has given us the Holy Spirit. When we begin following Jesus, the Holy Spirit dwells, makes, it, makes his home in us. This same spirit that was guiding Jesus, that was helping him, helps us when we face temptation. When we face things, we think like, man, 
I know this isn't good or right, but I'm really tempted. We can rely on God's Spirit in us. Now, there's tons of stuff in this passage. I was surprised. I mean, it's short, but there's so much here. I mean, all the Old Testament um, uh, quotes that come from Deuteronomy, and actually, I mean, Satan starts quoting Scripture back to Jesus. He's quoting Psalm uh, 91, and I mean, all these things. And even it's ironic, the psalm that he quotes talks about God's faithfulness. Um, there's tons here, and I would love to talk. If you have questions about that, if you want to get more into the theology and the, the deep dive into that, I would love to talk with you more. I mean, about how Jesus is in the desert, like Israel, uh, when, they, uh, when God brought them out of Egypt, how they went into the desert and complained, and yet Jesus goes into the desert and is faithful. It's as if God has, has narrowed down the people of God to Jesus, and he is faithful and follows God, and, and, and fulfills the law. There's all this is here. But the thing that I really want you to know and to take away from this morning is your identity in Christ, first of all, that you are children of God, that you are followers of Jesus. Don't let anyone ever question that or tempt you to doubt that. The last part is this, is that there is always a faithful way through temptation. God will not let any temptation come to you that you cannot withstand. And you start by following Jesus' example, hold fast to the scriptures, and remember that the Holy Spirit is with us. This is the truth for us this morning. These are, how, these are ways that we can get through temptation. Amen.